Good evening, Bill. Good evening, Stanley. Hello, listeners, to more BS Car Guys podcast. And by more, I just mean another episode. Yep, another episode. It about to go in the books of BNS talking car guy stuff before we go on vacations for the last uh, holiday of the summer. That's right. Last last holiday trip of my daughter's non-education life. She starts school next week. She will be officially a kindergartner. So we'll have to have Anna on, you know, maybe in a future podcast to talk about other parents' cars at school or something. Um, she Anna, Anna be running the podcast next next year. What are you talking yep, about? Yep, yep, yep. You're right. As soon as she can read, she's got this thing figured out. So, yep. so I'll give you a little update on some um, travel information. You know, in between last episode and this episode, I took a trip to California. Obviously, being Californian, being in Los Angeles and Malibu and that, like, driving the PCH, you're going to see some cool cars. I definitely saw some cool cars. You drive the um, PCH? Yeah, that's always, that's my go-to. We land, I drive up the PCH to get to Ventura, and then, and then, even on the way back down, if, if if it's halfway decent traffic, I'll drive the PCH. This is really not much time difference between taking the interstate and taking the PCH. No further than I have to go. So, but anyway, saw some cool cars, saw some exotics, saw some old cars. Um, you know, just California's got the weather for cool car culture all the time. Also yes, has the climate for um, a lot of homeless people, but a lot of cool cars too. Mm-hmm. While we while we were there, we made it a priority as soon as we landed. First stop, Hoonigan's new headquarters. Uh, so we went to Hoonigan, checked out, out their new. Time out, time out. What? You didn't say what you're driving on the uh, trip to California. So actually, I wasn't driving on this trip. Um, I was passenger and I was a driver. Um, I was co-driver. You, you sat in the passenger seat of a car. It was very difficult. There were more than one discussion about exactly that, that I was having a hard time being in the passenger seat. Um, But I did it. I survived. It it, it happened. Um, But we had a Infiniti QX80. Full-size SUV, like three-row. Yeah, it wasn't great. Very, very uncomfortable seats. A lot of plastic. Like, for the price point, I was not impressed. Granted, it was a rental, so maybe it wasn't the best, like, optioned vehicle out there. But, yeah, I just wasn't um, super impressed. And I had driven the last generation of that chassis and drivetrain in the Armada. Yep. and drove, I think it was the Armada. We may have had the Infinity too. No, it was definitely the Armada. Drove it from North Carolina to Vermont and back. Um, and I drove the whole time. And um, it was it was okay. But again, it wasn't anything where I was like, man, I got to get one of these, you know. No, so, not at all. They just mm-hmm. I updated it for 2022. And I was like, oh, skip video. yeah yeah that's about accurate i would say that's pretty good well hoonigan's new headquarters so tire slayer studios now instead of the donut garage um i've been to both 
awesome to see them like expand and have more space. Um, went in their little like bodega shop store area and bought some stuff. And uh, yeah, really cool. Got to see a lot of their cars, their project vehicles. Um, they they had just recently unveiled. So you know, Ryan Reynolds has a new movie out called Free Guy. Yep. And and, and in that movie, they he had there's a um, real life version of the warthog from Halo. And Hoonigan built that, so it was sitting out front. So I got to see it up close and personal and take pictures of it. It was pretty cool. Okay. Pretty good trip, uh, all in all. So, And then speaking of California and car culture stuff, I just saw right before our podcast went live um, that today Doug DeMiro is taking his new baby home from the hospital. So congratulations to Doug and his wife and the birth of their son, because I know Doug listens to our podcast for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to Doug and his wife on the birth of their first son. I think they had struggled and had some setbacks in previous pregnancies, so I can certainly relate to that, and that's congratulations, Doug. Yes, congratulations to Doug. Um, what What is happening? What's happening where? Did something just flashed on my computer screen. Anyway, um, speaking of Doug and uh, the great Doug DeMiro, I uh, recently saw, uh, watched a video about Doug, about one of your favorite vehicles ever, you know, the great uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee L. You know, he did one. You should watch it. I know. Just suck it up. Just I, watch I it. did watch it. I did watch it. And he was fawning over it way too much. Doug and I are going to have differing opinions on that vehicle. Y'all might need to talk about it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So, a, a YouTuber that you don't watch, uh, Mr. Uh, Marquez Brownlee, uh, better known as to some people as MKBHD, uh, pretty good tech YouTuber, uh, professed newer, newer-ish car guy, driver of many a Tesla, and all of them have been customized at the, you know, get the wraps on it, get some wheels on it, whatever. Uh, but uh, he can he's getting into a car space now where he started to drive cars. One of the one of the YouTubers that he enjoys and have enjoyed, I guess he said since about uh, 2016 ish is Doug. And what did he do? He had Doug on his podcast that's on YouTube and um, on wherever else you can get podcasts called Waveform. And you should listen to that conversation because Doug is it, it, it doug enlightens me on uh on a few things that i had questions about and the things that he does uh how he uh you know some of the cars that we think that you know people get excited about and him driving he's like no nah, that's not the car i'm excited about and uh also the fact that he shoots a lot of that video those videos that we see with an iphone yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, a lot of YouTubers are now using cell phones for their cameras. Yeah, but I, I would think, I mean, because I thought about it when he said it. I was like, none of those videos I can remember really lack for quality or anything. And you got to also it, think he he doesn't shoot. He doesn't shoot a lot of um, like difficult shots either. Yeah, correct. Everything he shoots is basically fixed camera positions. Yep. And even when he cuts to footage of the car doing something for voiceover, 
it's still recording from a tripod or a mount in a fixed position. The only camera angle that he has to do anything different with is when he's in car driving. And he clearly is using a GoPro for that just because of the wide angle. But, well, I don't I know he said he uses a lot of iPhones, but you can uh, a camcorder and iPhone. That's what that's the only two things he said he used. I was like, what? But anyway, you should watch the video. I'll send it to you. I'll put a video, uh, a link in the in the show description. I guess everybody else can watch it too. Um, the other daggone thing was, you know, listening to the podcast as we do because you know we we have to listen to other people's ideas. Uh, so I was listening to a podcast that sounds eerily familiar to our podcast, and it's relative. It's not a new podcast, but the, the format is new for twenty twenty one. And they were talking about these these rise of uh, the prices of used cars. So they did a little challenge, which I think we should do, of ridiculously priced used cars, and which ties onto a conversation that we were just having on um, off air. But uh, so I'm gonna say a car, and okay. you tell me how much you think it should cost. Okay. Nineteen ninety. Eight, I believe it was. Thirteen years. Is that thirteen years ago? No. No. 23, 19... 20, 23, 23 years ago. Yes. What's, what's yes? So, Toyota Tacoma. Not. Was it? Was it four wheel drive? Yes. Was it an extended cab? Uh, I believe so. Was it an SR5 or was it a limited? It was not a it was not a special anything. Was it a manual or an automatic? I believe it was a manual. What color was it? Don't know. How many miles did it have? It had I think it was sixty-eight thousand miles or something like that. Sixty-eight thousand? Not 168,000. 68,000 miles. It was 26.9. That's crazy. First of all, that's crazy. I, I'm pretty sure it was like 68,000 miles. I don't think it was 100,000. But they had, was talking to a dude, and um, the car was a. No, I'm going to tell you how much it was. That. He goes to auto auctions. He talks about how much people have been paying at auto auctions, which directly re- relates to how how expensive your cars are are getting. Yep. Dealers were fighting over this twenty three year old car that had paint issues. It was yep. not perfect in any condition at all at all. Yeah. But it was. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it was like sixty eight thousand miles. I'm pretty sure it was a hundred thousand miles. But at the auto auction, a yep. dealer paid. $16,000 for this daggone car. Yep. NADA for the car, selling it was, I think he's, I think they said in that condition was 20,000. Uh, nope. No, it didn't say 20. I think it was $18,000. And I was like, wait a minute. And they would, and they hit, as soon as he said it, I was like, that's not how much they're going to sell it for. And then they went on to how much they're going to sell it for because they would have had to fix paint. They would have had to fix things that was just wrong in the car, some stains on the interior and stuff like that. And I was like, this dude, are gonna, they're going to be sell, trying to sell a 23-year-old car for like 20, 
twenty plus thousand dollars. Yeah. And a not a special twenty-three, in my opinion, not a special twenty-three year old car. No, it's special. But anyway. It's special because it has less than a hundred thousand miles and it's a Toyota. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was that I'm pretty sure it was uh it was un, I'm pretty sure it was like sixty-eight thousand miles. I could be I could be wrong on the mile. Miles, but anyway, I'll you'll probably listen to it on your drive, or you know when you get free time. I could I'll send you that too. Um, but personal daggone car buying uh, thing. Um, have you been out to dealerships lately? No. So aside from two weeks ago when I stopped and looked at the uh, used cop cars, uh-huh. um, it was raining, so I didn't even get out of the car. But I am hearing stories from people who are shopping for cars, and they're seeing some pretty interesting market adjustments being added to the stickers, to the window stickers on vehicles. And did that's what the line item reads, market adjustments. Adjust. Did I tell you about my my dropping by and looking at, at uh, a, Kia? A, a Kia thing? Yeah. yeah. So I told you, I, dude, so, you may have told us on the last podcast, but I, I could not have because this one just got there on like okay. last Saturday. So maybe I did. How did how did I don't know? Anyway, time travel is amazing. Time travel is amazing. Five thousand dollar markup on the Kia Chevy Rod. They got one on dealer, and it's forty thousand dollars. So um, you know it would have cost thirty five thousand dollars. And then what I realized was, and I knew it was there, but I just wanted to see what the price was going to be. Um, but it was a base model. It was an S. And I looked at it, and I was like, this is still really daggone pretty well optioned for a base model car. And my wife, of course, she she thought it was, oh, it's fine. I don't need all that fancy stuff anyway, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And then that stinger that they had to mark up on, it's still sitting there. Uh, and I think is. I think it's gonna be sitting there for the next six months because I was like I don't know how you thought you, you I don't know how you think you're gonna sell this car with a three thousand dollar markup when you couldn't sell it when you were taking money off of it. But anyway, we'll see what happens. But well, people are people are desperate to get their hands on car now. Supposedly. I don't think I don't think people are desperate to get their hands on cars. I think Americans are being Americans and just want to buy it to buy something because they can. But anyway, speaking of Americans being Americans. Uh, you know what was a good year in America's? 2010s? The 2010s. The 2010s was an excellent time in America for cars. Actually, around the, around the world for cars. And uh, I guess that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about our opinions on what were the what were the most important car of the 2010s. And, uh, of course, uh, I know you broke the rules because we were talking about we're going to just focus on um, narrow this down to one car. And you know I broke the rules, so I know you broke the rules. So, well, let's just say if if the rule in question is picking the most important car, in our opinion, stuck, yeah, in our opinion, then I stuck to the rules because I only picked a car, one car. You one have car. One, you have a list of one. I have a list of one. I I find this hard to believe. You stuck to the rules. I stuck to the rules. So we also gave ourselves a challenge, though, to buy a car from that decade. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for less than 30,000 that you could drive every day. And I gave myself an extra challenge in that I told myself that I had to find a car of similar, I don't wanna give too much away, of similar technology for those same criteria, under 30K that I could drive every day. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know about that. I don't know. So, so what I did is I neglected to do the second part of the challenge. So, but I was. <laughs> of course, all, you did. <laughs> but all, but I was already looking at something else. So this kind of just fits. I mean, oh, okay. You know, you know how sometimes you know car people kind of just look at cars and stuff. So, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. So, but so so while I'm preparing. Can you, can you tell me what you bought, or is that a giveaway? Too yeah, I can't of... tell you what I bought because that needs to come after my car. Okay, and cool. I can't I can't send you my list because that needs to come after my car because you'll cheat and you'll click on it, and as soon as you click on the first link, then the whole show's derailed and we go a different direction. So I, you just have to take my word that I can't send you my list until after we've talked about my car. Okay, okay. Um, so, well, I started off, and, and then I'll figure out things while I talk. So, 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 what's I, the most important car of the twenty tens to Stanley? So this is see, see, this is a this is a weird question. So, well, not a weird question. Well, I just broke the rules. How about that? I just broke the rules. So, shocker, um, ladies and gentlemen, shocker. First of all, sir, don't act as if that uh, you haven't broke a rule or two before. Um, so, but I'm going to do, do it this way. So I do have more than one car, but I, there's one car that I think is probably the most important car even. But so I'll, I'll run down the, my little list of things here, my rule breakers, and then um, I'll save the, 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 what I think is the most important for last. How about that? Okay. All right, cool. So first on the list, now this goes in no particular order except for the last car, obviously. It's the most the, the most important car in my opinion. So and I'll tell you, I'll say the car and I'll just tell you why and you can give, give me your opinion on it. All right. So Nissan GTR. It it almost made my list. Go ahead. The reason why I don't the reason why I give it a consideration is because one Nissan finally let us have it. <laughs> yes. Two, not no, not necessarily true now, but they proved that hey, you didn't have to spend three billion dollars to be the the fastest car around, and uh, and that car, I think that car, even though some people say it was too easy to drive fast, um, I don't see that as being a real problem. It was under, it was, it was in my opinion kind of detuned when it got here, which was straightened GTR fashion. Because, I mean, I haven't seen many a video of people getting 1,200 horsepower out of this car. You're hitting the gas, and even with all-wheel drive, the thing just moves sideways. Goes into, like, a little crab walk or something. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, 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 that's, I gave that consideration because, one, it was forbidden fruit for a long time. And uh, that's just the simple fact that uh, it came to the States. And that time period was, uh, it, it, it deserved an honorable mention. I, you know, I think um, I think that's a car that, like, when it first got here, Nissan realized really quickly, like, 
you know, we actually didn't price this thing high enough. Yeah. I think they sold them so quickly compared to what they were expecting to sell them in the U.S. Mm -hmm. that, that they were like, oh, this car needs to be almost double this price with no real changes to the car's performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think they they did they did a, as we were just talking about a market correction. <laughs> that's right, they did. You're right. And because um, I mean, I didn't think I remember Top Gear and everything uh, testing those cars when they first came out, and um, and people just amazed at how fast that car was. And then I realized that hey, it wasn't just us who had access to these cars all the time but right. uh but yeah well, let I, me ask you this question too do you think and this is why they it almost made my list do you think that car whether it was the first to have it or not do you think that car made the performance car industry realize we all need launch control i think so and then I, I think they also realized that, hey, you know what we need to do? Uh, build this better. <laughs> <laughs> because they were staying up some cars with launch control. Because I think that was like one of the first cars out there with, like, with, with launch control that was advertised with launch control. And you had to, you had kind of had to experience it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, for sure. Very important car. It just wasn't my uh, most important car of the decade. Um, okay. Uh, another car that got an honorable mention, even though. So anyway, uh, C7 Corvette came out in this decade, went away in this decade, and that's why I made, that's why I made my list. In my opinion, it is the last. Well, it's probably going to be the last front engine Corvette, and it was also, in my opinion, the best front engine Corvette. Uh, because I had a rule when when it came to uh, cars that I liked, my favorite cars, I couldn't I couldn't narrow it down to one. But uh, so I went by continent, and the Corvette consistently made my list. But we're in the American continent, and um, people used to ask me, "Well, which one? The new one?" <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter. They're gonna get faster. They're gonna get better. Eventually, they're gonna. That was I think that was the one that they kind of figured out that hey, maybe we should put a decent interior into a Corvette. And if I, I was, I don't in, know that I would go so far as to call it decent, but it was better. decent. It was better. It was decent. I think it was decent. Okay. Well, but, uh, if you think it was decent? I'll I'll support it. I mean, it wasn't Porsche 911 good. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, look, let's be realistic. Like early 2000s Porsche 911, not that great of an interior either, really. It, I mean, it, there were some there were some cars out there who had some outstanding interiors. Everything that had an Audi badge on it. Um, but, yeah, but uh, I mean, in comparison, what the what the Corvette used to what Chevy used to sell the Corvette with on the inside, and you had to see and touch on a daily basis, that car was a, a gigantic step forward. Uh, that's true. That's true. Um, I mean, journalists got in and didn't instant, instantly complain about the seats as if like they do all the time. You know? Yeah, 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 because they're pampered, they're spoiled. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got a skew. I got a question about journalist skew. Do you think I'm? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna write a couple podcasts and a couple automotive journalists. And I'm gonna ask them this question. And it's like, how much do you think your experience with cars and your daily job skew your opinion on normal cars? Yeah, that's because, a great question. Because, for, for example, I remember back in the day, uh, they were, they were talking, I, was, I think it was a car driver, a car driver podcast, a guy who used to work for car driver. Anyway, and he was like, back in the 90s, you know, everybody used to talk about the BMW 3 Series, and there were a whole bunch of them in the, in the, in, um, in the parking lot. Nowadays, we still talk about the BMW 3 Series, and there are none in the parking lot. It's like hmm. the car... The car, the car that they every everybody like talks about being this this benchmark of vehicles. It's like you're not buying it. So you know, if this car is so good, why aren't you spending your well earned money on it? But um, but yeah, I guess that's a that's a different podcast. But yeah, um, the Corvette, I like it. I think the GS is the best one. I think uh. Uh, you don't need to go crazy with the ZR1, and you don't got to go crazy with the Z06s. I think the G6 is the, the GS is the sweet spot, and I'm gonna miss that car. I thought it was a very good sports car, very good GT car, very good car that uh, you know, a very good sports car, uh, uh, the last and best of the front engine Corvettes. I still wish they kind of built that car though. I still wish they did. I- I think I still prefer the C6 Z06. As oh, I'm not, oh, I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. <laughs> okay. All right. So what, what is your car? Or do you have another didn't make the list? Okay. You almost I, made the list. Okay. I won't talk that much about it. All right. Cool. Um, uh, 918 Spider. Huh. Okay. Honorable mention. To my recollection... This was the first and probably still the best to date hybrid, uh, hyper slash super, whatever people want to call it, cars. That car had a had a 4.6 liter hybrid V8 in it at 875 horsepower. It did zero to 60 in 2.6 seconds. Yes, I said that in 2.6 seconds in the 2000s. And it was a monster. And I like it. It wasn't, I think the Carrera was maybe slightly cooler, but the Spider, I thought, I thought that was a special, special car that didn't get a whole lot of, I guess, publicity after, after it kind of stopped selling it. But anyway, thoughts? Um, I agree. I agree a lot. I agree so much that it is my car. I knew I was going to pick your car. I knew I was gonna yeah. do it. Well, if I you throw it, if you throw a hundred darts, you'll hit the dartboard. Yes, <laughs> yes. It was, I, it was my pick, and it was my pick for several reasons. One, because I think it was the first car to really demonstrate that hybrid technology didn't have to just be a Prius. Exactly, and that's why it, I thought- it could be something fun and exciting, and it could be it could be a teenage kid wall poster car and be a hybrid right and and some of the things that that always got me about that car so the top exit exhaust just super cool yes i mean nothing says cooler than having exhaust come out the roof of your vehicle yes right so that was a mclaren yes 
So, and then the other thing is, you know, Porsche just dropped that car on the world. They yeah. didn't, they didn't tease it 12 months out. They didn't show a smoky image of a dark room with a random flickering light bulb in the background and, and a hipster kid laying across a couch that's shaped like the roof of the car. Like they just said, Oh, by the way, we've built this car that changes all of mankind's perception of automobilia, right? Yeah. And here it is. It's not a concept. It just is, and it works, and it works yeah. really well. Yeah, I think that was one of the cars that uh, that proves the, uh, you know what, you don't have to tell everybody what you're doing all the time to be special. And That's I mean, right. That car came out of the Carrera, and the Carrera was a special car as well. And it's like people didn't even realize it was coming. And all of a sudden, it was just here. It's like, what is this thing? It's like, what? It, yeah. had, the, it's a, it had the green daggone brake, uh, brake calipers. I, yeah. I, I would like to share an image, but for some reason, uh, teams don't want me to share P, uh, uh, JPEGs right now. I don't know why. That's okay. That's okay. But, yeah, but, I uh, mean, I, it, it, it was my pick for the most important car of the decade. Because it it helps set a trend for yes. where cars are going to go from that point forward. And we're mm-hmm. still seeing it. Every significant hypercar being unveiled now has a hybrid component to it. Yes. It's, it's either a full EV or it has some hybrid technology being deployed for performance purposes. Yeah. yeah and, I and so... To me, that that means that that car defined a generation of automobiles. I I agree. I I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I was talking to a kid yes the other day about uh, hybrids and because it was asking about cars and whatnot, and I was like, "There's nothing wrong with a hybrid." And it's like you just got to understand why you're buying it and make your choice. And it's like, "What do you mean by that?" It's like, not all hybrids are the Toyota Prius. That's right. I was like, you know. The, the the fastest Rav feed uh, Rav four is the, is the hybrid, you That's know. Right. Uh, the you know we talk about talk about Porsches, all the now Porsches that are hybrids that are crazy fast and everything. It's yep. like all the Ford, almost all the big Ford hybrids, they don't really use that system as. Uh, for efficiency purposes, they use it. They increase horsepower. They they increase the the performance with the with the uh, the hybrid. Uh, what is it? Aviator and yeah, uh, hybrid. Yeah, I mean they've got like five hundred horse, uh, five hundred pound feet of torque in a daggone Explorer size. It's crazy, but yeah. uh, it that car was really close. It it is actually number one on the physical list of cars, <laughs> and it was gonna okay. be. My, it was legitimately what I was gonna dag on talk about, and then it was I, I had a duh moment, but there was a car I was gonna I literally had a, made a decision before we started talking about this, which one of these cars I was gonna talk about first, and I decided to talk about the Porsche before this one because I like this car better. Oh, not okay. That, not that the so this is my favorite car in the two thousands. The Lexus LFA. Oh, yes. Because, in my opinion, it is Japan's only hyper-slash-supercar. 
because I don't put the GTR into that category and I do not put the NSX into that category. And if anybody needs convincing, all you got to do is listen to it one time. <laughs> listen to it one time. Was it the fastest? No, because the GTR was faster. Right. However, it did not, nothing on the planet except for a Formula One car sounds like that. And so it was my favorite car of the decade. That's why it was kind of beat. It was I, I waited to talk about it so long. But my actual car, the car that I think that was the most important car of the decade, it's a car that I really don't like that much. And it's the Tesla Model S. Wow. And the reason why I, it's not that I don't like the Tesla Model S. It's just please, you don't like the Tesla Model S. I I mean I drive one and somebody else want to pay for it. But, right. But I think that car came out and it showed that a an electric car could be an everyday, everyday, almost every occasion car without a little compromise. Um some people would want to go to the Model 3. And I was like, no, the Model 3 ain't it. That didn't prove to the war- world they can do it. And some people might want to go to the, the the Roadster because that was actually their first car. I was like, no, the Roadster was like a limited car, and it just wasn't an everyday use case thing. But when the Model and was, S... And it was prior to 2010, so it wouldn't yes. be able to make our criteria. Yeah, but the Model S came out, and you talk about as much as the 918 Spider proved the people that a hybrid can be fast and sexy and very cool and a poster car and all these things, the Model S came out and said, you know what we can do? We can make 50% of the world want an electric car. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they did it. And uh, as much as, as many as many issues that I think that car has or uh, the company has and some things that I just want them to do that, that would just make it a better car, uh, I got to give props to that car because um, – as much as I, as, as, even knowing all those things, if I was really in the market for something that expensive, I'd have a plaid, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, you know, here's the thing. I think pe- people like us look at that car and say exactly what you just said. Like, there are some things I would do to make that a better car. Yes. But I think that's because we instinctually are holding it to a standard it's not trying to achieve. Yes. It's not trying to be a car. It's yeah. trying to be something else. Yeah. And and that's what I think makes it important. I mean, I agree it's not my favorite car by any means. Um but what it did was it said here's a different approach to the automobile. You don't yes. have to have a gauge cluster. You don't yep. have to have well, that one a had a gauge cluster, but right. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, they keep looking at the car and saying, "You don't have to have a grill." You, yep. you know, there are so many things that we think of as being like, "Oh, that defines a car," and and instead, you know, Tesla keeps turning out a product that says, "Yeah, we don't have to have any of this stuff." Yeah, I, I agree, man. Um, yeah, that was the first car that I I can remember that had the big the the big touch screen in the middle of it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was the first car. I mean, and the, the crazy thing is, uh, I, I, when I was 
reasons why you should listen to that Doug tomorrow uh, uh, interview is they talk about that car in that video, and it, they actually did the they did that interview before his video went live on the player. Oh, okay. They, they uh, I watched they, that Plaid video. It's 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 interesting. Yeah, they made a point in there that I really didn't I, I really didn't um, think about for us until they said it. But it was, you know how you somebody says the thing that you was kind of thinking, but you weren't thinking of it that way. But anyway, <laughs> right. uh, you know, we thought when the Hellcat came out, which could be a contender on this list. It could be. It could be. Um, we thought when the Hellcat came out that, hey, you know, somebody about to put this thing around a tree. They don't know how to. They, they, I don't think people understand what they what they get themselves into. That same statement applies to the Model S. And, the Plaid, a hundred percent. Like Doug said it in his video, driving it like that. That car, it's 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 really kind of a bad idea that a dentist can just go buy that car. Yeah. Yeah, that they kind of alluded to that point. It's like, hey, this car is electric, and there's all this stuff. It's like this car is faster than most people should be driving. Should be allowed to drive. Right, right. <laughs> should be allowed to drive. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, you know, I I have a drone, and I enjoy flying my drone. But like when when you buy a new drone from DJI, like it has like a beginner learning mode. Yeah. Yeah. That you can't, you know, operate it at its full power and full speed and maneuverability yeah. until you kind of prove that you're not going to fly it into somebody's face, yep. right? And I almost think that should be a requirement on the plaid is like, hey, we're going to put like the training wheels program on. And if you can accelerate from zero to 100 in six seconds and not kill everybody, yeah. Then we'll let you accelerate in five seconds, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to prove it. <laughs> you got to work your way up, like you're playing. Uh, uh, what was the, what was the car driving? Yeah, unlock achievements. Oh, uh, what was the car game that everybody, everybody played on the PlayStation back then? Ah, uh, that you played Grand all Turismo? the time. Gran Turismo. You had to get there. You had to, you had to earn it, man. <laughs> That's right. You got to earn it. Uh, but yeah, man, I I I I think that car is very significant. I mean. To be honest, the only car that really, the only thing that came out to rival that car head to head recently happened, and Porsche did it. Everything else, I, it was half attempts, in my opinion. But Porsche built a car that's like, you know what? We can build that. And we can build that. And you don't got to worry about the batteries overheating. And we're going to make it a performance car. Is it going to cost more? Yes, because we're Porsche and we're going to build a car that doesn't dag on, that you can't see through the daggone panel games. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's the truth. But, uh, but yeah. Um, and even, like, even, even when it comes to uh, infrastructure and the car buying process and this, all these things that they did with that car that are starting now to become commonplace. They started that in the early 20, what, 20, 2011 when that car first came out? Because, yeah, 2011 when that car came out, it, it was like, what do you mean you don't got to go to a dealer? What what do, you, what do you mean you can buy the car straight from the manufacturer? What? No, I mean, 
states that it's still on the can North Carolina still can you buy one in North Carolina legally? Or do it's, you have to, it's a weird process. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I know you can do it in South Carolina, but like that state still still won't let you buy that car in that state because you don't go through the dealer network. So it, you can do it in, it, with Tesla in the North Carolina now, but Tesla is a legislated exemption, which means that now new companies like Rivian can't uh-huh. unless they get added as an exemption too, because they wouldn't rewrite the law, so they just exempted in Tesla. It's it's weird. Um, so so Tesla is yours, right? Yep. All right, I'm gonna send you my list. I told you mine, Porsche 918. Okay. All right. Here comes my list. I'm waiting. But all right. So another thing, uh, uh, the other thing about that car, while your email is coming over, is don't open I, the link until you tell me you've got it, because I want to explain before you click on it. Okay, I got it. All right. I, the last little bit about the the Model S is uh, the fact that it was a hatch was really cool. Also, that I I still kind of dig the styling. It look kind of like in a Porsche way because it's like you one Model S looks like another Model S and like Doug said on his video, it's like you don't know you're driving a stupid fast one except if you see this little plaid badge. And yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Well, okay, so yes, and I, I'm okay with the styling of the S until you like physically compare it to other vehicles. Like when you just see images of a Model S or you see one by itself in a parking lot, you know, mm-hmm. for what it's capable of, it's like you just think of it as like, oh, there's just another sedan. Yep. But when you put it next to a car of equal performance, it's like physics stop being a thing. So I watched a video of a drag race between a plaid and uh, um shoot what's that car that um richard hammond crashed and about killed himself in the electric car um, um the uh is it starts with the r is that the one the riventon or well, no yeah, not the yeah. oh, that's lamborghini what's um Rimac. Rimac, yeah yes so so um so it was a plaid versus a Rimac, and it looked like a Greyhound bus racing, um, I don't even know, it, yeah. Usain Bolt, you know, I mean, it was, it was the most oh, ridiculous, yeah, it was the most ridiculous like looking Usain thing, Bolt. yeah, <laughs> and, and I mean, but the, the, the Rimac won, but just barely, yeah. and to I see guess. a car that looks like a school bus, accelerate at the same speed as a car that you know is crazy fast because it looks crazy fast there's something that messes up your mental perception of the automobile when you see it happen all right can i say one last thing uh yeah uh, go ahead uh, all right so about this before i open the bill's link a car that just came to mind while we're having this car, car conversation is uh and this is less of a car than a, more of a car company. And I think it has merit. And I did not do the research to see exactly how this falls in on our list. But Kosenek. 
Koenigsegg. That's that, that's that's what I said. Koenigsegg. Didn't that didn't what that what I just said? Didn't I just say Koenigsegg? Koenigsegg. Like, that sounds like something you might would buy out of like a pampered chef catalog. First of all, if I did say that, I apologize, sir. And second of all, uh, you act like you did. You said that right the first time you said it. Nobody knew how to say that word when we first saw it. Right. You you waited till somebody smarter than you said it and listened real carefully. Exactly. Um, I think they uh, from a uh, from a hyper performance car standpoint, the way that company was built, the way that the, the innovations that that car company comes out with, I that that could eventually be a very important thing. Uh, if you didn't I agree. know, I agree. I think Christian von Koenigsegg may actually be smarter than Elon Musk. Um, I am pretty sure he's smarter than Elon Musk. I'm pretty sure he's a better business. He might be a better business person than uh, Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. You ain't got to work hard to convince me of that. <laughs> and then, oh, but because he does the smart thing, it's like you know what? I'm gonna let the, what my engineering and thing do do the talking instead of me being, you know, uh, puff Switch daddy, person, the, hype man, the, the puff daddy slash flavor flame of the automotive industry. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I just called, I just called that. I just did that. Flavor flavor for the automotive industry. Anyway, all right, all right, I'm open these links. Tell me no, no, story. no, not yet. Don't click it yet. Let me tell you. This I story. didn't click it. I didn't click it. Okay. Okay. Hands so, so here's <laughs> what I did. I said Porsche 918 Spider. It's a hybrid. It uses hybrid technology. And it's electric, uh -huh. and its real trick is using electric motors. It's it's a Targa kind of convertible top. It um, is two doors. And it's mid-engine and it's rear-wheel drive. So if you click on my first link, should I click? Am I allowed to click on it now? Yeah, yeah, you're allowed to click on the first link. All right, all right. Before I get you know get attacked for clicking the link, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna let this go. You're, you're not. You're just not gonna let it go. <laughs> Oh, every 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 week, every week, you figure out a way to sneak a smart car into the, no we. No, wait a minute now. This, this is, is the Panda Smart. This is a 2018 Smart 4.2 electric drive prime, and our budget was under 30. I'm under 18. Um, this thing only has 14,545 miles on it. It is a target top. It is a mid-engine. It is rear-wheel drive. It does have two doors. It it checks all the boxes, and it uses hybrid electric technology. So there you go. Every week you figure. And out. listen, since since I knew that you would come back and say like that, it's not even close to comparable to a, a Porsche 918. And I don't disagree. It's really not. But I thought just for fun, I, I checked. According to Car and Driver, when the um, Smart 4.2 electric drive prime came out, it was track tested on road and track with a zero to 60 time. And I'm just going to tell you some cars that have similar zero to 60 times. Okay. Are you ready? Because this is this is fun in and of itself. Is this what you're talking about? The, 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 the comedy of the they, show? They, yes, that's exactly right. It has a similar zero to sixty time as a Dodge, 
performance car that has GT in the name, an Austin Healey, a Porsche, a Ford Mustang, and a Volkswagen all have similar 0 to 60 times. You want to hear what those cars are? The Dodge yes. performance car with GT in the name is a 1976 Dodge Colt GT. Hmm. <laughs> the Austin Healey's a 1953 Austin Healey 100. The Porsche is a 1966 Porsche 912. The Ford is a Ford Mustang from 1980. And the Volkswagen is a Volkswagen Scirocco from 1975. They all have similar 0 to 60 times within 0.1 of a second of the um, smart car. So I just thought that was hilarious and needed to be shared. And you're holding back your laughter? Yeah. I'm holding back something <laughs> i don't know what i did to deserve you, the smart I, you know i you just showed a weakness and i just jumped on it you know that's that's really what it comes down to you had to take I, advantage of me. <laughs> I'm and I'm just home. just in case you're curious everybody who tested the the 918 Spider basically came in with a zero to 60 time of 2.3 seconds. Yeah, 2.3 instead of 2.6. Yeah, mm. 2.3. So I did check all of that. Okay, you can click on the next link and things will get a little more serious. You said a little more serious. Yeah, I mean. A serious bill, bill series? Yeah. So again, I stuck with the theme and tried to find a hybrid vehicle, right, that I could live with every day. Uh -huh. And as much as I'm not a fan of a hybrid, I, I picked two. So the first one is a 2013 Lexus GS 450H uh -huh. base for $24,000 with 75,000 miles on it. It's a good clean car. You know, yes, nothing, yes. nothing crazy. It's a good family-sized car. It's got a big trunk. You know, you could take family trips in it. I could do salesman stuff driving it. It's got the cool brown leather interior, which I always like. So, you know, it's just a, it's a very normal car. Nothing crazy, but it uses hybrid technology, which again, I think, you know, the 918 kind of showed what could be done with that technology. So that's, so I tried to pick cars that use it. Yes. So, um recently on um you know the old man magazine podcast as you called it before um uh consumer reports they uh, no, i don't think you're allowed i don't think you're allowed to say it that way anymore i think you're actually um obligated by law to say it as consumer reports uh last, or last or you can refer to it as there's a magazine that tells me how long my new balances will last um, last time I checked, sir, you, you are over 40. I just want you to know that. Yes, I am. I'm over 40, but I am not wearing jorts and I'm not wearing new balances with white knee highs and a fanny pack. Correct. You're not. So, um, which means I also do not have a subscription to Consumer Reports. They won't will, actually I sell me a subscription until I buy some jorts. 
Just so special. <laughs> hey, my, my last car is a um, 2017 BMW 330e high performance. Mm, that's actually that's actually a really good car that I actually look see, at. See, 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 for twenty five thousand um, dollars with thirty eight thousand miles on. I didn't think they were that low. Um, yeah. Um, I was going, I think, I think we we're going to lunch and somebody saw a five series E and it's like, Hey, what the E stand for? I was like, Oh, it's a hybrid. And it's like, what BMW builds hybrids? I was like, yeah, because the same person that was asking about the hybrid, they was like, BMW builds hybrids. I was like, uh, yeah, BMW does, Mercedes does, Audi does, all these people do this, you know, hybrids can do way more than, um, than you think they can do. And this one right here, this is an example of a car. It was built. You know, obviously there are gasoline and diesel and high performance variants of this car, but there's also a hybrid version of this car that did hybrid things. Was it the yep. world's greatest hybrid? Maybe not so much, but it was one. Yep. But, so I will do. So while while you were talking about your cars, I I, I decided to follow up on your theme and um and do a very similar thing so i'm going to just shoot you an email so uh seeing how the car i picked was a a uh a circular car, a car that uh revolutionized the automotive industry in a certain way so i picked a couple cars of that generation that uh did a very similar thing and i'm going to i'm sending you that email right now um as soon as it decides it wants to work. I uh, don't I'm know why. Eagerly awaiting it. I know. You know what is not going to be? A smart car. That's what it is. That's that's why. You know, I'm actually not surprised by that information. You know what I am surprised by? That that panda color smart car that you just sent. I, you, you sent me so many of them that I kind of like it. You, you see? You you're see? negatively, you're negatively influencing me with smart cars. I don't know why. You, you this is my technique. I have, I have over over the last year and a half, I have beat you into submission into liking old cars. You that, did that, that have no. old car problems. Yeah, because yeah, Stanley's, yeah. you're still you're still new car guy. I'm not gonna say you're not new car guy. You're still new car guy. You're still technology car guy, but. Mm -hmm. I have I have made you start liking old stuff. I, I, eventually, I, I'm going to get you liking smart cars. That's my plan. But I will say, um, to your credit, you have rubbed off on me, and I now like several Kia Hyundai Automotive Group cars. Um, See, okay. so it's a it's a give and take. It's a <laughs> give and take. I mean, I'm not going to start wearing dreadlocks anytime soon, but first off, it's a first give and take. Off, first off, my, my hair journey over here is, I don't know where I'm going. That's just, that's all I can say. I, I wanted to have hair because I never had hair. I was always jealous that people could do this and let their hair move, and I've never <laughs> been able to do it. And now oh, I can kind of I wish it. you could have seen him doing that with his hair. I can kind of do so it. special. It's so I can kind of do that. I can kind of do the thing and the hair actually moves, you know. But anyway, check out check out the two links I just sent you. So, um, uh, did you get that email? 
Yeah, I just clicked on the first one. All right, so the first one is a 2018 Nissan Leaf, and it's only $19,900. And the reason why if this? Um, this is why this can I can I finish? Can I finish? Yes. I would drive this to work. <laughs> okay. Um, in all reality though, as a as a car that this because the Nissan Leaf was not didn't have the range of the Teslas and everything like that. So I don't really see that maybe as a me all occasion car, but the, going to and from work and running a couple of errands around here. Uh, and then having a car to go do trips and stuff in later, I, that you can do that in um, you can do that in Leaf. And similarly, similarly, the Leaf the Leaf made the American made the electric car affordable. It did. You're right. I mean, I, I when looking through significant cars that I felt like existed in that decade, the Leaf was on the list because it really was outside of the prius spectrum yeah the, the leaf was the economy answer to the equation yeah. of like i want a plug-in hybrid or a full electric vehicle that is affordable yeah and i, and I think doesn't have the peculiarities and problems of a bmw i3 yeah and um the, it, I think the, all, the the problem has always been with the Leaf was first styling the fact that it looks like an electric car. I thought that was a that was a thing they should have got away from. Um, That's the one thing about electric cars and hybrids that I don't understand is why is it taking so long for the automotive manufacturers to realize people don't actually need them to look ridiculous to know that they're a hybrid. Yeah. And it, it, I, I don't know either. I mean, especially when you look at the Taycan, the Taycan looks like a Porsche. Yes. And, and why can't, I mean, you can make an, an aerodynamic car that doesn't look like a bubble. You can do it. So, so here's, my, here's my thing. I make fun of the Jeep 4XE for having a ridiculously small amount of electric abilities. Correct. But... but it does two things. One, it opens that door for Stellantis, Jeep, Chrysler, Dodge, Fiat, whatever, whoever. Yeah. Um, and once that door is open, you can't close it. So, like, the Cherokee L is going to get it. Yeah. The Grand Wagoneer is going to get it. There's going to be yeah. four X's of all of these things that Jeep makes. And they're going to sell well because Jeep isn't going to change the styling. They may give it a different paint color that you can choose from or some mm -hmm. kind of funky wheel design or something like that, which maybe is still some of this mentality. But they're not going to radically alter the styling of a Jeep Wrangler just because yeah. it's a plug-in hybrid. Like, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the smart play. That's how you make money. Yeah, Doing I was, the I was, Leaf thing and the Prius thing, it's not the smart play. I, I I agree with you. And little uh, small fact is, uh, and I have not verified this, but I'm sure Bill will and tell me. Uh, I was reading something or I heard some uh, heard a uh, automotive journalist talk about here recently that the 4XC variant of the Wrangler was the number one selling variant of the Wrangler last year. What? No. Really? Yeah. And I didn't understand that because up until this 382 version, it was like the most expensive one. 
But it's like, like you just said, it's like, it gives that person that you would, it gives a person an end that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. I can do this type of thing. And, oh, you know what? This still does Jeep stuff too. You know? <laughs> and then yeah, I think, right. and I also think all Jeeps are overpriced. So, you know. <laughs> that could um, be a whole episode. Only problem yeah. is it would be like you going, hey, Bill, do you think all Jeeps are overpriced? And I would go, uh, yes, they are all overpriced. And you would go, great. That was a good podcast. Yeah, because that's that's the whole story. You're correct. That's the whole story. Uh, and the next one was a car that I think that did a similar thing as well. Um, this is a 2017 Chevy Volt, which is a car that is not for sale anymore, and I do not understand why. It's basically uh, the same car. Um, I this car, well, this car was a hybrid in a different way that Toyota was doing it at the time, and I think in in, in our reality, I think it was a better way, but in normal GM fashion, they're gonna screw it up somehow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Because what they did is they gave this car a motor. It a in in the true sense of the word, it was a. It's, essentially, it was a generator. It was not connected to the wheels. The only thing that propelled this car down the road was the electric motors. They just kept the batteries charged by putting the generator in front. So yeah. you didn't have the range anxiety. And uh, I thought that was a cool concept. I didn't think it was fully fleshed out. And this, when this version of it came out, I thought it was a decent looking car and, and all that stuff. And then they killed it like two years later. And I was like, what are you doing? Well, that's, that's <laughs> GM. Like you get half of an idea and you dump a bunch of money into it. And then you go, I don't, I don't think it worked. I don't think it worked. Just, just, just drop it. And we'll just try something else. <laughs> and then they do half of another good idea. To me, the best iteration of the Volt or anything like that was the Cadillac. The ELR was the one to have. It, right, so. it allowed you the most like user control of that system, and it was way better looking. All right, so I agree with you that it was it it made it look really good, and it gave you some some control features and stuff that the uh, the, the the Chevy version didn't have. But in, again, in true GM fashion, what do they want to do? They wanted to charge you $70,000 for that thing. Why? Yeah, that's true. It was way overpriced. Way I, overpriced. I was like, if that car was $50,000, it would have sold like hotcakes. And Well, but here's the other thing, though. So you got to think about when that car was built and what was going on at GM and who they were trying to pay back, us, yeah. uh, the taxpayers in America that work for a living. And they also knew that at that time when that car was being like pushed really hard, there were a ton of electric car incentives and rebates. So yeah. they had marked it up so that you were still really paying $50,000 for a car. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, I understand your logic and I am not saying you're wrong in any of your logic, in any of your points. I'm just saying it was stupid. I agree. I don't disagree with anything you just said. That that was one of the things that American car uh, car manufacturer does that I have never really made sense. 
you know what we're going to do? We're going to overprice our cards and give it back to you in rebates because that makes sense to us. What? Right. You, right. Just tell us the twenty thousand. The card that you got advertising for twenty thousand dollars is really a seventeen thousand dollar car, and I think you'll be able to sell the car. Yep. Yep. Let me but, let me yeah. ask you. A, let me ask you a serious Cadillac question. Ooh. Are you prepared for a serious Cadillac question? I am or does prepared. this need to be a whole podcast? You can ask the question. I will try to get a short answer, and if it turns into a, ser- a whole podcast question, we will revisit no, it. No, no, no. Can... Here, no, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to ask the question, and if you think your answer will require an entire podcast, don't answer. Just okay. say, we need to talk about something else. Okay. CT4V Blackwing or CT5V Blackwing? Ooh, uh, 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 Can you uh, just say the answer and let it go at that? You almost made me cuss on here for a second. <laughs> uh, do I? You gonna do a whole podcast on it? You can reserve the right. You're allowed. So if I answer the question, can we still do a whole podcast on it? Nope, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to bring it up. I answer the question. I ain't allowed. No, nope. 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 All right. Cool. Nope. You just have to sit on that. I am going to sit on it. You want to record again tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't get, we're not going to get to this till um, October, dude. Uh, dude, uh, man. Um, uh, <laughs> 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 This might be my favorite episode ever. Cool. All right. So let me tell you a little story. So do you ever like look at cars online, especially like looking at like used cars? Because, you know, you're always shopping for good deals on stuff. And you ever see a car that like it's not anything just insanely special. It's it's a fairly like normal-ish car for a car guy. It's not anything that's just like, it's not like you found like a lost 250 GTO Ferrari, you know I mean? You just found like a cool older used car, but you just like start this like journey in your brain of like what it would be to own it and how you would be using it and how much fun it would be and what you could do. And then you start like really delving into like, Oh, I could definitely make that work and pay for it. And oh, I could probably get somebody to drive me to where it's at and we could get it and road trip back and we could we could drive this route and like you have it all worked out in your mind. You ever do that with a used car you see on? Yep. Yeah, me too. So I did that this week. I found a car. And I'm gonna send it to you because I think it's better for you to see it than for me to just tell it. Let me just uh, compose a quick message here, and I'm going to send you a link. Let me click on the car. It's in my saved cars list on this website. So and believe uh, it or not, believe it or not, this is not like a um, bring a trailer car or anything like that. It's not like it's a a classic automobile that's you know just worth 
mountains of gold. It's just a fairly normal car. But like as soon as I saw it, I was like, that car is me. I am that car. I need that car. So anyway, that just it comes around every once in a while with me. I mean, I see a lot of old Land Cruisers and I'm like, oh, I could drive that. That's a cool old Land Cruiser. But not like to the point where it just like even when you're not looking at it, you're thinking about it. You know what I mean? So. When are we going to Columbia? <laughs> I mean, is that car me or is that car me? That car has been you for uh, since 20 years. Yeah. I should have had that car 20 years ago. That should have been the car that came after the uh, after the uh, the Jetta. That might have been the car that should have come after the Saturn instead of the Jetta. It, it I understand you there, but I think you proved a point with the Jetta that you've been itching to prove to people, and that was the buy case for diesels. And I think you enjoyed that in a way. I think you enjoyed that a lot. I did. I really did. And <laughs> it probably was it probably was the single best automotive buying logic I've ever displayed. Because the amount of miles I was driving at the time, mm -hmm. really the diesel was the smartest possible play. But I routinely, you know, when we were young fellas in the Marine Corps and living in Jacksonville, the, the Volkswagen dealership was literally across the road from the Subaru dealership. And yeah, it was. I really, even in the years after, while I still own that Jetta, I routinely thought, what if I had just went across the street and bought a Subaru? Would I have been as happy? I think that I think the answer would have been yes, and I think you would have got into four four by four and then overlanding and things like that way sooner. Yeah, you're probably right about that. So the car in question is a 2000 Subaru. It, it fits in, in the. It. Yeah, Impreza 2.5 RS. Yep. Two door and, with a manual. And, and I know somebody's. I, I, I know somebody's going to hear this and say, "Well, why don't you go WRX?" First of all, there was a time that we didn't get and WRX. We didn't have the WRXs. That's right. And this was the car that came, and it looked like a rally car, and it was like the first American car, car, car sold in America that really looked like a rally car. That people could actually buy Audi. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's a good point. It is so true. This and, car, and it's right, and, right and, in the and it rep yeah, it represented something. It represented like we know you really want a WRX, and we're going to get you a WRX. But this is the best we're willing to do for now. Yeah. And when we like give you the WRX, we're only going to give it to you in four doors. Because you can't handle having a WRX with two doors. Yeah, uh, this is like the gateway road to the WRX. 
This was a gateway drug to the STIs, what this was. Yes, yes, it was. But yeah, I mean, this car looked like the rally car at the time. This car, I mean, it was a, it, it dropped in the middle of the sport compact, daggone era, or kind of in, in the end. It, whatever. We were still yeah. young enough that we wanted a sport compact car. <laughs> and um, yeah. this was a, an outstanding car. And the thing that overshadowed it was the WRX coming a couple years later. And then people kind of forgot about it. Some people forgot about it, but we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. I mean the the Evo the the Lancer came with with the with the with the with a package that kind of looked rally ish. Um, soon after, and um, was it still the Ranch? Was it the Lancer yet back then, or was it still the Mirage? I this I don't know. this was this was pre Evo. We didn't have an Evo yet. So yeah, I guess and, it was. And this was and this was just after the Rally Silica all tracks oh, or whatever went away. I did. I just remember that that was another car that was kind of Rally car that we could that normal people couldn't buy. But <laughs> that's right. That's right. But. Anyway, dude, I think we've recorded for like uh, two hours. Uh, well, yeah, at least this thing says two hours. So uh, the one, two, three people who have listened to this, hey, next time on the podcast, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about, you know, these things that we, uh, these cars that we, that hold the edge, they hold the line. They are the car, the truck that everybody can uh, compares their vehicle to. And we call them benchmarks. And one of the biggest benchmarks on the planet is the Ford F-150. That's right. Ford F-150. Got one in the driveway. And we're going to talk about, hey, why, what is the, why is this the benchmark? Is it still the benchmark? You know, uh, has, has. What is a benchmark? Why is it called a benchmark? And um, why does Bill want to buy 17 of them all the time? (laughs) All the time. Uh, But anyway. Yeah, I think that's it for tonight. Uh, hey, brother, be safe on that road. Um, this weekend, I'm going to celebrate my 23rd anniversary to my lovely uh-huh. wife. Happy so anniversary. We're going to find some some fancy place to eat. And then, um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Well, we are going to go to the mountains and hang out on a lake. And I'm going to paddleboard and swim and hike and probably, I don't know what else. We may end up close to the mountains, but she doesn't know that yet because I haven't told her because we, we were going to go somewhere. And I was like, oh, I got this stuff going on. But I'm about to surprise her in a little bit and say, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're leaving. We're going to talk about it. We're going to say in this. We're going to keep talking. All right. I love you, man. I love you too, brother. Bye, guys. Later. <laughs>